Hey everyone, welcome to the Revive West Des Moines podcast. I'm Jamie Richards, the Young Adult Minister at Hope West Des Moines. What you are about to hear is the live recording from Revive West Des Moines this past week. We hope you can connect with God and the good life that God has for you through what you hear in this message. Check it out. Hi everybody, how does the room feel for all of you? Feels good? feels good for me too. So we are calling several audibles tonight, whether or not you know it. Some already happened, but we're going to do another one. And I'm going to have Alyssa, our worship director, come on up. She's right here. Hi. Can she, do you want her to use this mic or the other one? You can use the other one? Okay, cool. So I thought that Alyssa should just introduce herself briefly for anybody who doesn't know her, and then will you share with us the story behind the third song that we sang tonight? Yes, I would love to. Uh, My name is Alyssa Conley. I'm on the worship team here at Hope West Des Moines. Um, I don't get to hang out here very often. I did like five to ten years ago, and it was really a good season for me, and I loved being part of it, and I love being back. Um, But you see me mostly on the weekends, uh, so if you're bored on a Saturday night or Sunday morning or Sunday night, there's a number of other services that happen at Hope right down the hallway. Um, The third song, the second or third weekend in January, we had open baptisms, um, and that allowed for a time of spontaneity in what we did uh, musically with worship. Um, And part of what I spoke about during the response song that led into those baptisms was uh, Paul's conversion. Raise your hand if you know who Paul is when I talk about Paul. I just don't want anybody to be left out. So He you wrote can... like half the New Testament. Okay, great. He wrote a ton of the New Testament. This dude was terrible. So if you ever think you're not worthy of God's love or to be an advocate for people, for the Holy Spirit or for Jesus or for the Father, that's not true go look at the Bible and I'm not lying to you, I promise. So this dude was a terrible man, just the worst. He had an encounter with God and it changed his life. In that process, scales were put on his eyes. He goes to a man named Ananias. I think that's how you say it, right? Yeah, well, you know, whatever way you say it's the right way probably. Uh, He gets to him, these scales come off of his eyes, he is a new person, and immediately Ananias, who's literally terrified of this man because Paul kills people, that's what he does. His name was Saul before he was good and he was Paul. Thank you for the giggle, I feel. Jamie really put me on the spot here, I just like to sing. So, um... (laughs) But girl, you're preaching tonight. Well, thank you. Um, I just got too nervous, just kidding. (laughs) Yeah, right, whatever. Okay, so... Ananias is like terrified. He's like, God, I don't, like, have you ever heard from God and you've been like, I don't want to do that. That is terrifying. I don't like them. Uh, I don't want to. I can't. I don't have time. Like we can think of a million excuses to not do any of the things. This dude baptizes Paul, Saul, who's now Paul. And he writes half of the New Testament. Scales were torn from his eyes. If you read Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John, any of them have a number of different stories and there were, were God gives people vision. Jesus heals people that are blind or people say, you know, I once was blind, but now I see. I want to believe. Help me in my unbelief. Help me to see. So that song was a product of all those things. And part of this vision that we have and this ability to see is the wisdom 
and the knowledge of who Jesus is. So that's why we sing alongside of these things that we believe who he is. We believe who he says that he is is true. And so how does the writing of this song that we just sang that has that scriptural background, how did that come from the baptisms? Um, because, because Ananias baptized him. So I like told this story and then right after telling this story, we vamped for a hundred minutes after each service. It was really fun. But most of these sections were written when we were like ad-libbing, right, Jake? So it's, that song is literally a product of the way the spirit moves. It doesn't have to be anything crazy. All we have to do is come. Yes. So in summary, we're doing live baptisms here. There's a story about baptism and you guys are just filling this space with music and this song is written on the spot. Yeah, most of it, yeah. Yeah, awesome. Anything else you wanna say about that song? Nope. (laughs) Everybody thank Alyssa for her impromptu. Okay, yeah, get that water. So (laughs) one of the themes that came up when we were praying about tonight was sharing and testimony and sharing the things that God has done in our lives. And so I realized before we dive into any old songs or old words, I wanted you to know that God does still speak. God did speak through scripture. God does speak through scripture and God still speaks through scripture in new ways through music that gets written now, currently, which is absolutely incredible. There is a scripture also that came to me as I was preparing for tonight, and it's Psalm 100. This is one of my favorite psalms. This is the entire thing. I know sometimes it can feel weird, to, especially when the pastor person's like, let's read the whole thing together out loud, but I'm going to ask you to read the whole thing together out loud. And whatever words feel right to you to emphasize, I don't want you to follow the words that I emphasize when I read it. I want you to emphasize the words that you feel when you read it. And maybe we'll read it again a second time. Does that sound okay? All right, here we go. On your feet now. Applaud God. Bring a gift of laughter. Sing yourselves into his presence. Know this. God is God and God, God. He made us. We didn't make him. We're his people, his well-tended sheep. Enter with the password, thank you. Make yourselves at home, talking praise. Thank him, worship him. For God is sheer beauty, all generous in love, always and forever. Did I skip that line? Sorry, God. (laughs) Didn't mean to skip some of the Bible. So this, I love this for so many reasons. Some of the things that stand out to me, enter with the password, thank you. The words thank you can shift an emotional atmosphere. When you're feeling down, when you're feeling crummy, when you're feeling like, I don't know why I came to this church thing or whatever, thank you is like not actually the password into God's presence, but low key is the way in. Big key is the way in. And so I hope that you make yourselves at home, not just here at Revive, not just here at Hope, but in God's presence, because God's presence can be with you wherever, wherever you can say thank you, and I'm, I'm in trouble. So wherever it is that you are feeling this week, I know that there are a lot of big feels going around, 
<laughs> there's a lot of big things happening in the world, some things that are exciting, some things that are scary. There are earthquakes happening, not just abroad, but also here. There are weird train oil things happening in Ohio. People are calling it Chernobyl 2.0. The Chiefs won this weekend, which is almost as close as you can get to hometown heroes, right? Any of you Chiefs fans? Super exciting, yep. Uh, there is a revival or a move of God, if the re word revival has a lot of like baggage with it for you, uh, just a big move of God happening uh, across college campuses. It started at Asbury College here in the top right corner. Also, the Super Bowl food drive fed is going to feed a ton of people, thanks to all of you. And also, it was Valentine's Day this week. And I know that Valentine's Day can sometimes be really exciting, and sometimes it can have a lot of want-wahs. And so we have a lot of really big feels that we can bring with us to a night like tonight, and that's okay. I encourage you to just bring them and feel them. And before we do anything with that information, I just wanted to pause briefly and talk about why we do things like worship in the round. Mark alluded to it. Uh, if you've been here before, we've talked about it. But the word ecclesia in the New Testament means church or assembly. It's often the word used to describe a gathering like this. But the prefix to the word in Greek, ek, means out or from or to, and kaleo means to call. It's a verb. And so literally the definition of church means to call out, to call forth, to call from, to call to. It's an active thing. It's not a, a static gathering that we just do. It's who you are. You are called out into the world to serve and to love. You are called out of the world back to this faith gathering. And so it's good to do things communally that represent what church really is. Church isn't just coming into a room and sitting side by side facing forward. There are reasons that we do that, but we need to mix things up every now and again and do things in a circle like this so that we don't confuse church for facing forward together. This is also church. This is also community. We do things in the round to, uh, to do that, to practice that. So because we're also talking about community and doing things in, in community tonight, I want to invite you to have a quick chat. I love the British phrase to have a chat. So we're going to have a chat tonight. I encourage you to find no more than two or three people around you and answer these questions. And don't overthink them. Don't over-spiritualize them. Don't make them wild or crazy. Just make them cool, casual, chill, normal to you. Share your name. Always good to start with your name. Share what brought you to Revive tonight. And I'm not looking for like the spirit of the Lord descended upon me on the toilet and 20 minutes ago. No, I'm here. Like I'm literally just looking for... This is my regular faith community, or I really thought it sounded intriguing, or a friend invited me. Literally just, we don't need to overthink it. Then I want you to share a spiritual experience. What I mean by that is when you felt close to something bigger than yourself that could be connected to church or Jesus, could not be. And then if you have time, share an experience of worship a time where you felt connected with God. That could be at a worship service. It could be under the stars in a big field at midnight, whatever. I'm not going to give you a ton of time, so I'm going to let you get into it. On your marks, get set, go. Thank you. 
take 30 more seconds to wrap up. Tell your conversation partner, you're awesome. Tell your conversation partner, you're a theologian. Since one of the things that we're doing tonight is sharing and sharing testimony, which is just simply talking about the ways that God has worked in our lives, I have a story of something that happened pretty recently that is actually, it's mind blowing to me. And anytime I've been a part of this story being shared or told it, jaws have dropped. There was one time it didn't and and Kelsey and I have been like, that's weird. (laughs) Um, So I wanna share with you two things. First of all, we have someone painting live tonight and her name is Renee. She's up on the stage. Everybody say hi, Renee. So Renee is a hopester and she has painted at a lot of our live services, Christmas, Easter, things like that, but she's painting here for us tonight. And she's painting prophetically, which means she doesn't have a huge plan of what she's going to paint before she comes in. She lets God's spirit lead her and guide her. So she'll prepare the canvas, AKA similar to how we prepare the chairs. But then when you arrive, And when she arrives and God's spirit rests on this place, God leads her to paint and she paints it, which is really cool. And so Renee was here at the worship night here at Hope in the Worship Center on January 28th. How many of you are here for that at the very end of January? Yeah, a lot of you are here. So she is painting and Renee, you can just correct me where I'm wrong or we'll fix the the details later. But I want to tell you the big buckets of this story. And I think you're going to be able to hear about this story uh, at some point in time in the next couple of weeks from a more hope-wide standpoint. Kelsey's nodding at me, yes, okay. So Renee is painting this painting prophetically at the 128 worship service, the same way that she's painting here tonight. And she didn't know, she just did her preparations the way that she felt led to do. And what she didn't know is that there was a married couple here in the worshiping body congregation in the chairs that night who had lost a young adult son who had died by suicide maybe nine, 10 months prior to this. And when the mom at this worship night looked over and saw the painting, she stopped in her tracks because she saw her son's face in the painting. And without saying anything, she just elbowed her husband and her husband looked at her and she points at the painting and he looks at the painting and he exclaims his son's name because he also sees his son's face in this painting. So this is wild and crazy, and they had had big questions about things about their son because of choices that he had made and difficulties around his death, and they felt to them like this was a sign, and they had come expecting a sign and hoping hoping for God to give them a sign at this night, and they were bowled over by what they heard. But then the other cool parts of this story is 
that's not where it ends, it gets even better, is that Renee had been tearing like magazine articles or newspapers or stuff like that to apply to the painting as a part of her process. And she knew which side she wanted to use, but as she was putting things on the canvas that night, she accidentally used the flip side or the back side of those printed materials were facing out. And she realized afterwards, without knowing this story, that there were things about suicide on the outside of that. And so she felt awful and she was calling Jen Berger, our creative arts director here, like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. That could be triggering for people. I didn't intend to. I wanted to use the flip side. Just go ahead and we'll figure it out. We'll cover it up, whatever. But Jen already knew this story of what was unfolding. And so she reassured Renee that actually it was going to be okay. And so this family is going, we're going to display the art, I think, around Hope. So we'll let you know where that will be displayed so you can go see it yourself but then the family of the, these parents are going to get that painting to take home with them. Isn't that incredible? That God can bring hope in the most surprising of ways. And so I hope that God surprises you in some way tonight. Whether that's through worship or some of the free time stuff we're going to do here in a minute. But I hope that you expect, I hope that you feel okay. That like, man, I could expect something from God tonight. And I don't know what that's going to look like. Maybe it will feel like a big aha or a big reveal spiritually. Or maybe it won't. Maybe it'll just be a quiet thing. I don't know. But I hope that you expect for God to say something to you tonight. There's one other thing that I really want to do. And it's much too long for the time that we have allotted. But I'm going to do my best. When I was here in this room, we set up the chairs last night. And then Kelsey, our Revive coordinator, and I stayed for a couple more hours or something. It was a long time just praying over the room and walking around the room and getting really excited about what we were picking up in the room. And one of the things that came to me was <laughs> the book of Ephesians. And I'm not going to read the entire book of Ephesians to you tonight because that would take too long. I was going to say that would be boring. And then I was like, I'm going to get lightning struck if I say that. <laughs> Um, not all of it felt like it applied tonight, so I'm literally risking death by PowerPoint, but I just wanted to kind of chat us through some highlights from Ephesians as it relates to testimony, as it relates to the scripture passage that you heard, which is all about the greatest commandment where Jesus says, love God, love your neighbor as you love yourself. That's one of the oldest commandments. It's one of the very first commands that God gave the people of Israel. So the Jewish community has been saying these words for millennia, every morning and every evening. The Shema, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, so on and so forth. And you'll see some of that reflected in Ephesians. So some highlights. Long before God, this is just Paul. So Paul writes this letter. He says his name because in this time, they don't sign their name at the end. They sign their name at the beginning. So he signs his name at the beginning, and then this is how he launches in. Long before God laid down earth's foundations, he had us in mind. And he's not just talking about us, people who lived in that time. He's talking about the people of God. He's talking about you. Long before God laid down the earth's foundations, he had us in mind. Had settled on us as the focus of his love that we would be made whole and holy by his love. Pause. I don't know if you feel whole and holy Valentine's Day week. There can be a lot of disappointment. There can be a lot of emotional highs. But let me point you back to the ultimate love, that we are made whole and holy by God's love. 
Long, long ago, he decided to adopt us into his family through Jesus Christ. And what a pleasure he took in planning this. Usually this cross is up in the front of the room, but because we're centering here in the middle of the room, we thought we'd make sure that in case we get caught off by the hype of worship in the round or like the cool vibes or whatever in the room, we wanted to put Jesus back here in the center because this, this is what it's all about. He adopted us into his family through Jesus Christ. What pleasure God took in planning this. He wanted us to enter into the celebration of his lavish gift, giving by the hand of his beloved son. Because of the sacrifice of the Messiah, Jesus Christ, his blood poured out on the altar of the cross, we're free people, free of penalties and punishments chalked up by all of our misdeeds, and we have many misdeeds, do we not? And not just barely free either, abundantly free. It's in Christ that we find out who we are and who we're living for. The news headlines can tell us a lot about where we can put our faith or not put our faith, but it's in Christ that we actually need to find that as Jesus people. We find out who we are and what we're living for long before we first heard of Christ and got our hopes up. He had his eye on us, had designs on us for glorious living. Everybody say glorious living. How many of you want glorious living? Not boring living. Part of, the, <laughs> part of the overall purpose, he is working out in everything and everyone. He's working out purposes in you and through you. It is in Christ that you, once you heard the truth and believed it, this message of your salvation, you found yourselves home free, signed, sealed, and delivered by the Holy Spirit. This down payment from God is the first installment of what is coming. A reminder that we'll get everything God has planned for us. A praising and glorious life, like Psalm 100. All this energy, do you feel the energy in the room? All this energy issues from Christ, nothing, no one else. God raised him from death and set him on a throne in deep heaven in charge of running the universe. Everything from galaxies to governments, no name and no power exempt from his rule. And not just for the time being, but for forever. He's in everything, at the center of it all. Christ rules the church. This part blows me away, so I put it in yellow. The church, you see, is not peripheral to the world. The world is peripheral to the church, to this gathering, to this community, to this working of the Holy Spirit, pulling us together and then sending us out. The church is Christ's body in which he speaks and acts, by which he fills everything with his presence. Everything with his presence. Are you bored yet? This isn't boring at all. It's so good. You're no longer wandering exiles. This kingdom of faith is now your home country. Jesus' kingdom is home. God is building a home and he's using us all, irrespective, like Paul, like what Alyssa talked about, of how we got here. He's using us all in what he is building. He used the apostles and the prophets for the foundation. Now he's using you. Everybody say you. Everybody say me. Now he's using you and me, fitting you in brick by brick, stone by stone with Jesus Christ as the cornerstone that holds all the parts together. We see it taking shape day after day, a holy temple built by God, all of us built into it, a temple in which God is quite at home. So, Paul says a little bit later, I ask that this magnificent father would strengthen you by his spirit, not a brute strength, but a glorious inner strength, that Christ will live in you. 
as you open the door and invite him in. And I ask him that with both feet firmly planted on love, you'll be able to take it all in with all of the followers of Jesus, the extravagant dimensions of Christ's love. Reach out and experience the breadth, test its length, plumb the depths, rise to the heights, live full lives, full in the fullness of God. God can do anything, you know, far more than you could ever imagine or guess or request in your wildest dreams. He does it not by pushing us around, but by working within us, his spirit deeply and gently within us. Glory to God in the church, glory to God in the Messiah and Jesus. Glory down all the generations, glory through all millennia. Oh yes, I thought about ending there, but there's just a little bit more. It's like an encore. In light of all of this, He's got more to say, and there's a lot there. Here's what I want you to do. Paul's writing this from prison. He says, well, I'm locked up here, a prisoner for God. I want you to get out there and walk. Better yet, run on the road that God has called you to travel. I don't want any of you sitting around on your hands. I don't want anyone strolling off down some path that goes nowhere. I mark that you do this with humility and discipline, not in fits and starts, but steadily, pouring yourselves out for each other, in acts of love, alert at noticing differences and quick at mending fences. So we have a little bit of free time. I love worshiping around free time. Here are your options. You could make something else up if it's not too wild or distracting. And if it is, well, I don't know. Just let me know and we'll talk about it if that's cool. You could go to the back of the room and do something wild. <laughs> So if you uh, want to, you can watch Renee's live painting. You can sit in your seat and pray. We have what we call here at Hope something called soaking prayer, which is silent prayer. You don't exchange prayer requests. We've got soaking prayer stations up here on this stage and in this room right here. And uh, prayer partners, why don't you get up and go to your stations and figure that out. What you get to do for soaking prayer is just walk on up, have a seat. A prayer partner will come up behind you and they will ask if they can put their hands on your shoulders. And you can say yes or you can say no, totally fine. Either way, they're going to stand behind you and silently pray for you or soak you in prayer and ask, they will be asking God how they can lead you or how God will lead them to pray for you. I will say, when I first came to Hope, I was pretty like comfortable with prayer, but I was like, this is weird. Are they gonna read my mind? I don't want that. This feels like too much. They can't read your minds. They're not gonna know all your stuff. They're just gonna know how God wants them to pray for you, which is really cool. And then you can get up when they like tap your shoulders and little tap, tap, done, done. And then you can go back to your seat or whatever. We have verbal prayer stations where you can ask for someone to pray for you for a specific prayer request. We've got some stations over here. Pastor Richard will, over be, will be over here with Melissa. We've got Jason and Tracy in the back, and then we've got some lovely people over here in the window wells, so live, uh, not live, verbal uh, prayer back there. And then you can pull up a note on your phone, and here's the thing that really stood out to me from the text that we just read. There's a lot going on there, but what if Jesus is calling you to mend fences tonight? So maybe you think about it. Maybe you pray about it. Maybe you draft a text in your phone notes. Maybe you text somebody. I think that God is probably going to do a lot in this free time with God, Jesus, the Spirit. But I invite you to consider if that's you. Any questions? This is weird. I never ask for questions. Okay. Isaac's going to play. The band will pull us back together in a bit. You've got free time. God be with you.
Thanks for listening, everyone. Revive West Des Moines happens every Thursday night at Hope in West Des Moines, and we'd love to connect with you on social media. So find us and let us know where you're listening from. And whenever you're in town, we would love to have you come to Revive and join us live. Peace out, Scouts.